0: Welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We're continuing our series, um, our series non series, our summer mixtape series. And today we're going to talk about knowing your coverage. Knowing your coverage. As a pastor, in today's day and age, there's a thing that is arising called biblical illiteracy. Does anybody know what that is? It means people don't know the Word of God. It means you're illiterate of what the Bible says. Jesus is a zombie that we worship. We were having a conversation this morning in our, in our next course, And Sloan was talking about somebody that she met that didn't really know anything about Jesus but knew that Jesus was somebody who rose from the dead and was now a zombie that we go to church on Sundays and worship. (laughs) Biblical illiteracy. You could see how somebody who didn't know anything about Jesus could draw that conclusion, but that's not the full story, clearly, is it? We're talking about know your coverage today. Knowing your coverage is an important key in life. There's lots of big companies out there that you have benefits with that sometimes you don't even know about. I've got a WestJet MasterCard that I love because everything that I buy on that WestJet MasterCard gives me WestJet dollars. And I can use those to fly somewhere, theoretically, at some point in time, one day. And I love it. But whenever you get, say, a credit card, they send you this package when they, when they mail the credit card to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever got a credit card? Do we have credit cards? Okay. So they send you this package in the mail. And I don't think any of us really take too much time to go through those things. But one of the things in there is your benefit Package. And I found out one day just by chance that I had on my WestJet MasterCard, I have medical coverage. I have medical insurance because I have that credit card. And I never knew it until one day somebody happened to say, Hey, by the way, did you know you don't need to buy travel insurance because your credit card already covers you? And I said, What? Because I would always go and buy travel insurance when we went to the States. Because one time when Sydney was a kid, when Sydney was three years old, we went on a trip to Houston to go see some family. And for some reason, before we went on the trip, somebody said, hey, you should get some travel insurance just in case anything happens to you. We went down to the States and Sydney had an asthma attack and ended up in the hospital for three days. And I saw the bills from that and it was between seventy-five dollars and $100,000. Mm-hmm. She had a hospital or she had an ambulance ride that was $1,000 alone. And so we had some benefits and we had some coverage that it was good to know about before we went down there. And what I want to talk to you today about is knowing your coverage, knowing how you are covered through the blood of Jesus Christ in your life and what your coverage looks like. You got a Bible today? Open your Bible or open your phone or open your memorized memories to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And this is the scripture we use all the time when we talk about healing, when we're praying and believing God for healing in our bodies, healing in our minds. We quote this scripture. You will know, put up there. It says this, he personally carried our sins, talking about Jesus, in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Now, other translations translate this by saying, by his stripes on the cross, you are Or you were healed. Meaning that when he took those stripes on the cross all those years ago, that when he did that, that's when you were healed. Now, Jen was up here this morning singing and worshiping God and halfway through she stops and just begins to sing this song of the Lord. And she's talking about how if you need healing, lift your hands in this place and that God will heal you today. And listen, maybe you're like, I don't know if I believe that. We are going to talk about what your coverage is as a believer today so that you know what you have from his blood. And right here, starting off, it says, by his stripes, New King James, English standard says, you were healed. Hmm. Find a neighbor somewhere close to you and say, you were healed. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you were healed. Now, Peter is quoting the book of Isaiah. Can you put that up, Derek? And it says this in Isaiah. I really like this. He was pierced for our rebellion. Crushed for our sins, he was beaten so that we could be whole. You know what? Let's just take a second and let's make this personal. I'm going to use the word I instead of we. And when I read this, I want you to think in your own mind your name in that spot. He was beaten so I could be whole. So that Brendan could be whole, so that Megan could be whole, so that Alita could be whole, so that Sloan could be whole. He was whipped so I could be healed. You are healed because of his stripes on the cross. Believing that God died for you for your salvation, and that his stripes on the cross bought you your healing doesn't mean that you have to live in denial. A lot of us grew up thinking if you said that you had symptoms, you weren't in faith. So you would say, are you feeling bad? No, I'm not feeling bad. Do you have a cold? I don't have a cold. You look like you have a cold. I see snot coming out of your nose, and you can't talk. I don't have a cold. What's wrong with you then? I do, this is how I always am. What are you talking about? Being in faith isn't about being in denial. It's about knowing that Jesus is over everything. And maybe your body is walking through some symptoms right now, but that you know at the end of the day when it's all said and done that Jesus paid for your healing on the cross. Can I get an amen up here? Let's go to Mark chapter 7. We're going to look at a story real quick. What I am hoping to do today, and I hope you're catching this, is my intention today is to uh, show you what the Bible says you have. And at the same time, to let your spirit of faith begin to rise inside of you. So that if you're dealing with symptoms in your body, so that if you are not healed, healthy, and whole, that by the time we reach the end of today's message, that you're at a place where you can say, I am healed by his stripes, and I, like the woman with the issue of blood, can go to Jesus and receive what has been bought for me. Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 24. There's a phrase... That you sometimes hear people say, and it's this healing is the children's bread. We used to have a lady in our church in Chilliwack way back in the day, she was my best friend's mom, and she had all kinds of sayings she would always say. Like apples of settings or apples of gold and settings of silver. And we were always like, What? What does that mean? Why are you saying that? She would always say, That stinks the nostrils of God. Okay. Hmm, interesting. And she would always say as well, healing is the children's bread. Look at your neighbor, find a neighbor, and say, healing is the children's bread. Now, that's not a scripture. You can't find a scripture in the Bible where Jesus said, and I say to you today, healing is my kid's bread. That's not there. But the idea of what he's talking about comes from this passage of scripture. And it says in verse 24, Then Jesus left Galilee and he went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anybody to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. And her little girl, her little girl, her baby girl was possessed by an evil or unclean spirit. And she begged him, Jesus, to cast out the demon from her daughter since she was a Gentile born in Syria and Phoenicia. Now, hang on a second. we go to the next verse just so you know if you read this story in Matthew the picture that is painted in Matthew is that Jesus is walking with his disciples and this lady is following him saying Jesus come and heal my daughter Jesus I need you to come she's possessed she's not doing well I need you to come to my house and heal my daughter and the Bible says that Jesus was walking and ignoring her that he wouldn't answer, and the disciples finally said, would you say something to her because she is bothering us? This lady was persistent. Can we just stop for a second and say, sometimes you got to get persistent in life. This lady was following Jesus around, bothering his disciples because she was making so much noise. The woman with the issue of blood, she was persistent, and she got down and worked her way between those people so that she could touch the hem of Jesus' clothes. There are things in your life that you've got to push through the circumstances when you've got to walk through the hurts and the pains and find yourself being persistent until Jesus is there at your door. Walk through it. Don't stop. Don't say, oh, this is too hard. I can't do this. Persistent. Verse 27. Jesus turns around and he says to her, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Pause. Here's the idea that healing is the children's bread. Because what is she looking for? Healing. Healing. She wants her daughter healed. And Jesus says to her, I should feed my kids first. So that's where the idea comes from. Okay, verse 28 says, she replied, that's true. You're right about that. You should do that. But guess what? Even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Verse 29. Oh, I love this. Jesus says, oh, that's a good answer. She's like, oh, you got me. You got me. That's a good one. He said, that's a good answer. You're right. You're right. Because even the dogs, does anybody here have dogs? And now we know we're not supposed to feed our dogs from our plates. We're not supposed to feed them under the table. It's bad for them, right? We all know that, don't we? But how many of us have fed our dogs scraps, and if something falls on the floor, we're like, it's okay. I, in our house, it has come to the place now where something falls on the floor, we call our dog. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie, come come eat this, Frankie. <laughs> and half the time, he'll sniff it and walk it away, and I say, man, why do we even have you? If you won't pick up this stuff, you're not even doing your job. So she says, That's true. You should feed your kids first. You should feed your kids first. But guess what? She says, even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat from the scraps. And Jesus says, oh, man, that's good. You got me. He says, you got me. He says, go home. The demon has left your daughter. Do we have verse 30? No. No. The Bible says in verse 30 that she goes home and that her daughter is healed and healthy and whole. The demons have left her. The phrase that I want to pick up here is back there where it says, I should feed my family first. I should feed my children first. And I thought that was an interesting phrase. Now if you go to Colossians chapter 1, In verse 13, we're going to find something here. I'll give you a second to turn your Bibles there because it's so fun and it's such a great sound to hear. Oh, yes. Make it nice and loud. Sorry, go to verse 12, Derek, my bad. And I want to encourage you, complete side note, has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, but the previous three verses to this verse right here So verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11 are a fantastic prayer that you, when you are in times of unsurety and uncertainty and you're not quite sure what to do in your life, is a great prayer for you to pull out and begin to pray over yourself. You pray over yourself, don't you? That is a prayer that you should pray over yourself. It talks about being filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and in all spiritual understanding that you may walk fully pleasing to God, bearing fruit in every good Work. So when you find yourself in areas where you don't know what to do, how to handle yourself, which direction to go, what's taking place, you bust that verse out and start saying, God, I need you right now to fill me with the knowledge of your will. Not my thoughts, not my desires, not my actions, but I need your will. I need your insight. Fill me with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that I can walk fully pleasing to you. So he goes on here, verse 12, it says this. We're talking about the phrase Jesus said, about I need to feed my family. I need to feed my family. It says, always thanking the Father. That's a great parenthetical thought. You could put parentheses on each side of it and just underline that. Remember that your life needs to be a life of thankfulness. Thankfulness paves the way in your life for God to move. Thankfulness in the midst of the storm opens up God's ability to move and say, you know what? Doesn't matter what's going on, doesn't matter what the circumstances say. I am gonna stand here, and this is how I fought my battles by lifting my hand and singing praises to God because He is gonna work in the middle of my circumstances. Always thankful the Father. Thanking the Father. Just making up my own translation as we go. It says this: talking about God, He has enabled you he's enabled you and me and everybody he's given you the ability to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light verse 13 for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son do we have verse 14 or no? that's as far as we go we do who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins let's go back to 12 now look at this he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people those who live in the light so if you are a believer if you've accepted christ into your life he has enabled you to share in the inheritance now come on who doesn't like inheritance let's talk about inheritance for a second does anybody know what inheritance is ben do you know what inheritance is sort of kind of inheritance. It's that thing that people leave behind for their family and their friends and people they love. I'm not going to be here anymore and I can't take it with me. So I'm leaving all my money to you. I'm leaving my house to you. I'm leaving this car to you. I'm leaving my favorite pocket watch to you. I'm leaving my favorite slash worst dog to you. Inheritance is that thing that is left behind for somebody else's benefit. For your benefit. And God has enabled you to share in that inheritance. For your benefit. And I want to tell you today, part of that inheritance is healing. Healing is health, is prosperity, is a stable, sound mind, is a right marriage, is a healthy marriage, is salvation. This is a big inheritance that he's enabled you to share in. It's a big inheritance that he left behind for you. Go to verse 13. It says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, Man, when I was in grade school, I used to love playing capture the flag. Does everybody know what capture the flag is? Capture the flag became a game like back in the 40s. And it's about two teams with a line down the middle. And when you cross that line, you're in enemy territory. And the point of the game is, there's a flag on this side and there's a flag on that side of the two teams. You have to cross the line. You have to go into enemy territory. You've got to get that flag and run back across to your side. And if you can do that, then your team wins. Isn't it a great game? So good. So exciting. They've made like night versions of it now. So you can play it at nighttime and you have like glow headbands and glow wrists and glow borders. And you can just go play it at nighttime, which seems so Oh scary. Because you can't see anything at nighttime. When you're running through a dark field, it's the best. Caps the flag, though. When you cross that enemy boundary, when you cross that line, and you step into enemy territory, you can get tagged. And if you get tagged, they take you to their jail, right? And you have to stay in that jail until somebody from your team comes and rescues you. It was the worst. I can remember, I, I, I'm not good at games like this. I just get excited and run around, and I always get tagged. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly what happens. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk to people, and I feel like, I feel like, you know, did you ever watch, like, <clears throat> The Muppets? And you know, like, when The Muppets run, their hands are always up in the air, like, ah! like when uh what's his name Kermit is always running his hands always I don't know why it's like Woo! I feel like that's how I had to run playing capture the flag and I always get tagged, and I'd always be in jail, and jail was so boring. You'd stand in the corner, and I'd be over here in the field all by myself. The game's going on, you're stuck watching it, and I'd be calling out to my friends, being, hey, hey, I had a friend named Renee. Be like, Renee, Renee, come get me. Mark, come get me. I had a friend named Mark. I'd be like, Mark, Mark, Tim, come get me. And they would just like, look at me, like, no, I can't. Too dangerous, too dangerous. They're guarding you, they're guarding you. Like, no, come get me out of here. My Muppet arms are wailing. Come on, they're flapping back and forth. Come and get me. Finally, when they got bored of doing other stuff, someone would sneak in and come get me. And the great thing about it was this. <sighs> is that when you got rescued from capture the flag, when they got you out of the jail, if somebody got to the jail, they got a free pass back across enemy lines. I know it's a game but there was something so exciting about being in jail and then being set free and just walking past everybody. But the trick was you had to walk with, your, with the guy who freed you. You had to walk back. I think you had to be touching, and you had to walk back together across enemy lines. And it was great because people would run up to you and try and tag you. Like, you can't tag me. You can't tag me because he's getting me out of jail. So I'm free. And you'd walk across, and your friends would try and pull you apart so they could tag you and send you back to jail. But as long as you were with that guy who got you out of jail, the guy who freed you, you were free. And you could just walk across the enemy territory, and nobody could do anything to you. It was the greatest game of all time. And I know it's simplistic, but this verse, he's rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and he has come to jail grabs your hand and said let's go and he takes you and he walks you across the enemy territory he walks you right through the storm he walks you right past all those things that are trying to attach themselves to you all those things that are trying to attack you and he walks you right out of that enemy territory right into his kingdom Right past it all. And see, the thing is, is if you walk by his side, if you're there with him, those things cannot touch you. Now, there's times in life, just like I was tempted, you know, you'd be, you'd be walking and, and you'd be walking with the guy. You'd be walking slow and you'd be looking over your shoulder and you'd say, there's nobody guarding the flag right now. There's nobody guarding the flag And you could let go and try and turn around and win the game for everybody and go back and run off on your own. But invariably what would happen is you'd go off on your own and try to go on this rogue mission and you would get tagged and you'd end up back in jail. But i tell you what, what do you think happens? Do you think God says, do you think Jesus says, you know what, man, I came once for you. It was super hard to do it and I can't do it again. Nope, here's what happens. Hey, Jake, uh, here you are again, huh? Back in jail. Man, you do stink at this game. Maybe you should quit waving your ears in the air, hands in the air. Well, give me your hand, Jake, and uh, let's try it again. Okay, Jesus. And here we go again, walking through it all, walking across the enemy field one more time. Just one more time. And he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14 says this, who purchased your freedom and your sins. He paid the price for you. What it's talking about here is you are a part of his family. So when he said healing is for the children's bread, or healing is the children's bread, when he, when he created that thought, when he was talking about his family, he's talking about you. So when Peter, when it says, by his stripes on the cross, you were healed, that is part of your rights. You need to know your coverage. Part of your inheritance is healing that was paid for on the cross. So that means that you don't have to walk around in life dealing with the sickness and the hurts and the pains. It means that he paid that price for you on the cross. And that's part of your inheritance because you're part of his family. I don't know about you, but for me, that's exciting. It's exciting for me to know that that cancer, that Crohn's, that headaches, that colds, that flus, that leukemia, that what else? Migraines, addictions, allergies, depression, oppression, oppression arthritis. It's exciting to me to know that he paid that price. And as part of his family, I have received past tense. That is my inheritance. Let's look at a couple other scriptures to talk about Jesus' healing. Let's go to Matthew, Derek. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. I want you to notice some key words in these verses. That evening... Many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. They were messed up. Things were not right in their life. And he cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed. Sorry, I don't see that word there. What is that word? So three-quarters? The people he liked. The beautiful people. All the beautiful people he healed. He healed all the sick. Let's go to the next one. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took your sicknesses and he removed your disease. Come on, can you get this in your spirit today that God has healed you of what you're going through? Let's go to the next one, Derek. Matthew 4, 23 says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Let's go to the next one, Derek. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, whatever you're dealing with, Or if they were demon possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he done healed them all. Are you getting a picture? Let's go to the next one, Derek. Matthew 9. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know the hurts and the pains in your life. I don't know the sicknesses or the disease or the symptoms that you are facing. What I do know is that Jesus Christ on the cross paid the price for those sicknesses, for those diseases. And as far as I can tell, when I read the word of God, there wasn't nothing that Jesus came up against that he could not overcome. (laughs) Does anybody in this place ever have symptoms they deal with? Is there things that you are fighting in your life that are not from God? Well, I've got some good news for you. And that good news is that as part of his family, you are his son, you are his daughter, and you have a right. You have an inheritance in him. And that inheritance is huge. And one piece of that inheritance is healing. Healing that was paid for on the cross. So that Jen does not have to continue to pass out. They don't know why Jen passes out. They've done all kinds of tests on her and they can't find any reason for it. She's had to wear those heart monitors. She's had to do all kinds of tests and they can't figure it out. But here's what I do know is that Jesus is over everything. And the Bible says in Genesis that we are made in the image of God. And I know this, that in God, there is no deathness, deathness, there is no sickness, there is no death, and there's no disease. So if we're made in his image, and then Jesus came and died on the cross and bought our healing, then that should mean that inside of us, that sickness, death, and disease cannot rule and reign and have its way. Here's my last verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Stand up with me. Jen was quoting this today as she was singing. And basically, my paraphrase says this. The same spirit that was inside of Jesus Christ. And man, I tell you what. We could stop there and just talk about that all day long, the same Spirit that was inside Jesus Christ is inside of Caitlin. It's inside Tiffany. It's inside Faith. It's inside Kim. It's inside Lizzie. It's inside John. Here's the thing: if you call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that same Spirit that was inside Jesus comes and lives and dwells inside of you. We call it the Spirit of God. And this verse goes on to say that same Spirit that caused Jesus to come back to life will give life to your body. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living inside of you. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, wherever you find yourself in life, we know that that very same Spirit, can you get that? It's almost an audacious thought. Because when we think about Jesus walking the earth, we think, my Lord, the things that he did, the miracles that were worked through him. But here it says, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you and gives your earthly body
1: Melon and ice cream after the service. Five more minutes. What I didn't share when I was up here was I believe that this song was a song for a church for this season. One of the songs. Because if we know anything about one another, there's just been inordinate little things happening in people's lives concussions, falls, back sprains, allergies out of nowhere, family issues. Isaiah 59 19. I want to read it in the King James because it says it best in there. And the Lord reminded me of this scripture. Just keep your eyes closed. Isaiah 59 19 says, So they, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising, the spirit, uh, and his glory uh, from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. When we declare that Jesus is over everything, we're raising up a standard, we're raising up a banner that overpowers every weapon formed against you and your life and your family and in the bloodline shall not prosper. In the name of Jesus, it shall not prosper. But we declare as a church today that Jesus and his blood Just like when they went door to door in the Old Testament, they applied blood to those doors. We apply blood to the doors of our heart this morning. We apply blood to our bodies. We apply the blood to our homes. We apply the blood to our children. We apply the blood to our unsaved family today. And we say that Jesus is over everything and Satan might have had a plan, but his plan ain't going to work. Many are the plans that people might have and even the enemy, but the Bible says that it's the Lord's purpose and plan that shall prevail. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, Sloan, raises up a standard. There's gifts and callings in this place that the enemy has tried to chain and hold back. I forgot about this. I just remember this. I had a dream the other night. I've had so many vivid dreams and that's unlike me. I told Jake, I said, babe, you're going to like this dream. I want to know you to know something, too. I was not afraid at any moment this week. Not for one moment was I afraid. Why would I be afraid? Jesus is here. But I had a dream the other night, so vivid. And in my dream, the end there was a crate, like a grate. Like even like at the pool, the swimming pool. You know those filters at the bottom? I used to be afraid sharks were going to come and get me at the swimming pool. But there was a grate at the bottom of our home. And the enemy was getting through the grate of the bottom of our home in the middle of the night and he was sneaking into my bedroom. And Jake came, (laughs) my husband came and he put chains around that grate. So the enemy couldn't get into our home. And I wasn't afraid. But see that's applying the blood of Jesus and saying you shall not pass. Salvation is in our home. What the Lord was showing me, I believe in that dream, was that it was an attack from the enemy. I went on a fast on Saturday morning for someone's life, and I believe I stepped into the enemy's territory, which doesn't make me afraid. But sometimes the enemy overplays his hand, like in this case, in all these inordinate things. But Jesus is over all of that. But we have to be aware and we have to be vigilant especially in a church body and community, when you start seeing things that are like, uh, something's up. We got to apply the word even a little more. We got to apply the blood even a little more. We got to lift up our voices a little louder than before. We got to lay our hands on the person next to us and say, hey, let me pray for you. Prayer should be normal in church. Praise should be normal in church. Speaking the word should be normal in your life. It should be normal to be able to walk up to a person in the grocery store and say, hey, I want to pray for you. This isn't something we do, friends. This is who we are. This is who we are. It's going to take a whole lot more passing out to stop me. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that humbly. Jesus is over everything. And I'm going to share in a few weeks about how the enemy has an assignment on our life before we're born. But I'm aware that the enemy is knocking on my door. But you know what? I'm ignoring that and I'm running to Jesus. <laughs> you just run to Jesus, church. We run to Jesus.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today.